Hey everybody, I'm so glad that you are with us again this week as we continue Dumb Things Christians Say. And again, hey, just throwing it out there, uh, I think we could all agree we say dumb things. I have said some dumb things. I have heard some really dumb things. So we're kind of all in the boat together on this deal. And uh, But what we are specifically looking at, dumb things that Christians say, and when you play it out, you go, yeah, that's pretty dumb now that I think about it. And here's what I love. We're taking that phrase and we're saying though, well, maybe the phrase might sound right, but we believe God has something better that involves that phrase. So if we move some words around, if we shift some things around a little bit more in the phrase, we will get an accurate picture of God and we might actually learn something about our relationship with him of what he desires us to do in following him. Well, today is no different and this is the phrase today. God won't give me more than I can handle. Now, I'm just gonna ask this, just think about this. God will not give me more than I can handle. Have you ever gone through a situation where it was more than you could handle? Just go ahead and say, yep, that's me, or give me a thumbs up or something in the chat area to say, I, I'm, I went through something that was more than I could ever handle. So you can see just by the testimonies, right? It, it, we go through this thing called life and it is more than we can handle on many occasions. Here's the truth. When you open up scripture, God never said that. He never echoed the words, I won't give you more than you can handle. He just never said it. Now you go, no, wait, 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 wait. I actually think I did hear that. And it's, it's in there somewhere, okay? Let me tell you where it might be referenced, but it is not the way it's used when people say it, okay? So I wanna show you the reference of where that phrase comes from, but it is so out of context on how people actually use it. So I'm gonna read some scriptures today, but we're gonna end up in Philippians chapter four, by the way. So if you wanna, if you have your Bible and you wanna to turn to Philippians four or get your phone ready, Philippians four, that's where we're gonna end up. But let me show you where this phrase originates in some people's minds when they say, God won't give you more than you can handle. Here's your, here it is, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, I'll read it and then I'll comment on it. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. There it is. And when you keep reading, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Or the other word is so that you can stand up under it. So the phrase where people say, God won't give you more than you can handle, it really comes from this passage. However, when you look at the passage and what it really says, it's in the context of temptation, not trials and suffering, two completely different areas of life that we have all experienced. And yes, we've all experienced temptation. In this passage, God gives us an answer of what he's going to do when we are tempted. And I love this because this passage tells us something great about God. And it's this big truth, God is faithful. I mean, that's what it says right there, God is faithful. How does he show his faithfulness to you when you are tempted? The first one, 
He will not let it be more than you can stand. He puts a limit on the temptation. The temptation comes, and in God's providence, in God's wisdom, and God's insight into your life, knowing you as his child, when a temptation comes, he knows when to stop it to say, he can handle this one. She can get out of this. And then his other promise, which is beautiful, he will provide a way out. So it's really about God being faithful, God being good, not even ourselves, even in this passage. It really still is all about God. And that when you're tempted, God will put a limit on the temptation. And then he's so good, so faithful, he'll provide a way out for you to hit delete, for you to close the computer, for when the gossip happens, for you to walk out of the room, for you just to say no to him, for you to say, I'm not going this weekend. God always provides a way out and he is faithful. So it's true. God actually will not allow temptation to be more than you can handle. So what does that mean about trials? What does it mean about suffering? Well, I want to look at the phrase again. You'll see it on the screen. God won't give you more than you can handle. God won't give me more than I can handle. What if we change just one word and it's a better way to live life and it's exactly how God operates. Ready? Here's how I wrote it down. God won't give me more than he can handle. You actually find this truth in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let me give you a couple of verses from the Old Testament that actually talk about the goodness of God in this area. Isaiah 41:10, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Why will God strengthen you, be with you, help you, and uphold you? Because here's what God knows. You can't handle this. I can, but you can't handle this. Think about it. Again, just play it out. If we went through trials and sufferings in life that we could handle, we wouldn't need God. But we all need God. The very fact that you are watching this, breathing, thinking, moving, is all because of God. We can't live one second without Him. So then when you pile on anxiety, depression, uh, family members passing away, sickness, um, uh, uncertainty of the future, all of these trials, all of these sufferings, way more than we can handle but they're not too big for him. Uh, let me give you another verse. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Listen, for us to look at God and go, I got this. I think he steps back and says, but I so want to help you. I so want to be your refuge, the place where you run to, place where you find security. I want to be in this with you. And that's what we discover from this. God's promises for your life in trial and suffering is not to give you something and then back away going, oh, they can handle this. That's, that's nowhere in the scripture. What he promises is this. He promises his presence in the trial and his power in the trial. 
His presence, I'm not going to leave you. His power, you're going to get through this with my power. Too much for you to handle, not too much for me to handle. Again, just pick out one of our favorite biblical heroes. You find this to be true. David, a young teenage boy. Goliath, this giant of a man, this warrior. So much at stake, by the way, not just this little backyard fight after school. They were playing for keeps. They were playing for whose God is real. The Philistine God, or is it the God of Israel? Who's real? Send out your best. God didn't send him out with a gun, didn't send him out with a sword, didn't send him out with armor. Hey, David, just take, just take a few rocks and this uh, little sling you got. God, that's too much for me to handle. Exactly. But he is not too much for me to handle. Again, pick your character. Um, uh, Daniel, thrown into the lion's den, hungry lion's den when you actually read it. That's too much for Daniel to handle, but it's not too much for God to handle. Shadrach, Meshach, and the billy goat, way too much for them to handle being thrown into the fire. Who on this earth could handle that? Answer, no one, but not too much for God to handle. How about the ladies of scripture? Pick them. Esther, what a courageous woman who approached King Xerxes from Persia to rescue and save her Jewish people. Her walking into the king's court could have killed her in that moment, and no one would have said a word. It would have been right in the culture for the king to actually do that. And now she's presenting to him this plea, this plan to rescue her people. Oh, come on, come on. She can't handle that by herself. But with God, she can. Uh, take, take Ruth. She loses her husband and her two children. She loses three of her closest family members. In grieving, in weeping, in pain, she still follows God to Bethlehem because he said, follow me. I'm quite sure in her heart she thought, I can't do that because I can't handle this. And God would say, I know you can, but I can. Keep following me. And then what about Mary? Come on, a young teenage girl, what was her task? How about you carry and bring the Son of God into the world? <laughs> I've worked with students a long time. I don't know one teenage girl who would be able to say, I can handle that. I don't know of anyone who could say, oh, I can handle that. But with God, she not only could handle it, she did handle it. So you see, this is how it works in Scripture. God doesn't give us more than he can handle, not we can handle. Now, the passage I want to look at for just a moment, Philippians chapter 4. Again, context is important. And there is a verse in this passage that actually has been pulled out of context, just like the other one I talked about with temptation. This one has been used by so many people. So many people get this one tattooed on their body, believe it or not. And 
I'm not sure if they understand it. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but by the time we're done, you're gonna understand it in a way that I believe it was written to be understood. I'll tell you who's writing it first. His name is Paul. Paul was a guy who hated Christianity. He tried to stamp out Christianity by helping murder, by imprisoning any Christian he could possibly find. Then he meets Jesus. Jesus completely changes his life and he becomes one of the good guys and now he's wanting the world to know how good Jesus is. But this presented a really big problem for Paul. Now he was beaten. Now he was stoned. And I'm not talking about like the party kind. I'm talking about with rocks he was stoned. Um, he was left for dead. He was shipwrecked. Um, and he's in prison writing this book of the Bible. It's not long from now at all that he will face Nero who loved Christians. Oh wait, I forgot a word. He loved killing Christians <laughs> and Paul would face his death. Paul is writing a book of the Bible called Philippians and the theme of the book of the Bible is joy. <laughs> you go, wait a minute, Paul. How does anyone in prison, knowing you are about to die at the hands of Nero, how can you have joy? Paul would say, oh, don't get me wrong. I cannot handle this, but he can. And in this familiar verse, in context, I think we want to learn something about God and about a secret that Paul actually talked about. I want to read it first, and then you'll see on the screen just some things that we can take away from the verse. Here's what Paul said, starting halfway in verse 11. I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Now, I wanna, I wanna help you. When you read the Bible, look for two things, repeated phrases. If you ever see a repeated phrase, that author is trying to tell you this is important, this is important, and here's why. They couldn't bold, italicize, or underline, or highlight back then. So they would just simply repeat the word or repeat a familiar phrase like that word or that phrase, okay? Also look for contrast. Again, it was another way they would try to emphasize something. And so look on the screen, you can see what Paul repeated. Paul repeated, I learned and I know. I learned, says it a few times. I know, says it a few times. And when you attach the word secret, he said, I learned a secret. I know a secret to what we're talking about today. Now. What did he learn and what did he know? Well, look at the environments where he learned and what he knows this in. You'll see it there. In verse 11, whatever situation, so all situations, this is the first thing he learned, first thing he knew, all situations. Look at number one, all situations brought low. Number two, all situations to abound. You can see how the pendulum has gone in Paul's life. Whether he was brought low, whether he just abounded in life. Now watch this, similar phrasing, similar words also found. In every circumstance, 
all circumstances. So we have all situations and all circumstances. Now, look at it again, the opposites. Whether it was hunger or plenty, abundance or in need. So in all situations, whether brought low or whether I'm abounding, in all circumstances, whether I have nothing or whether I have everything, whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full. Paul connected all stages of life, whether in suffering, in trials, doesn't matter where you are, Paul learned and he knew the secret. You ready? Through him. That's it, through him, through him. I can do all of this. How are you gonna do all that, Paul? Good times, bad times, when you're hungry, when you're not, when you got everything, when you have nothing at all. How can you do all this? Through him who gives me strength. <laughs> I can't handle it, but he can. So Paul, what's your answer? I'm going to hang on to him. I will cling to him is who I will cling to. Several years ago, when I was going through a hard time, someone came up and gave me something. And, uh, and it's an interesting looking cross. I don't know if you've ever seen a cross quite like this or not. Um, it's, it, they handed it to me and I thought, that's an interesting cross. And the person who made the cross is by the name of Jane Davis. In February, 2003, um, her father was dying in the hospital. Uh, being a Christian, she called out to God saying, God, please help me get through this. I can't handle this. I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need you. I need you. She's a Christian jewelry maker. And so she asked God, would you give me something tangible to know you are with me and you will get me through this? She said she woke up one morning and God just gave her an idea. She went to her shop, pulled out the clay, and this is what she made. <laughs> this cross. This cross is called the clinging cross. Because during the time when her dad was in the hospital, she would find a cross and just try to hold on to it. And it was just awkward. It, it didn't feel right to her. So she took clay and what God gave her was the clinging cross that actually it fits perfectly right in your hands so that you can hang on to it with all your might when you're going through something you can't handle. And it fits perfectly. Such a reminder to her it was such a reminder to me that God made a promise. I'm never gonna leave you and I'm gonna give you the strength to get through this with me, the clinging cross. So what do you do when you're going through something you can't handle? You admit it, I can't handle this, God. So I'm gonna cling to you and I'm gonna trust in your power and in your strength. I want to read just a few verses to encourage you, just in case that's where you are today. Listen to these verses. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. 1 Timothy 1, 12, I thank him who has given me the strength, Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Timothy 2, 1, 
you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And there are so many verses in scripture that share this truth. You're right. There are things in life I cannot handle, but there's nothing in life he can't handle. I wanna pray with you in case today you need to reach out and grab onto Jesus and hang on to him because of something you're going through. I wanna pray with you. Father, thank you so much that we can open up your ancient text and God, you become so real to us, so relevant, so present, and what we read is so applicable to our life right now. God, I do pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching, going through a really hard time. Maybe they have someone in the hospital right now. Maybe they're going through a relational conflict they just can't handle. Maybe it's a teenager that's running away and they just can't handle it. God, maybe it's something personal that just seems to weigh them down in stress, anxiety, and they can't handle it. God, I just join them in admitting we can't handle this thing that life delivers. We just can't. We're not made for it. We're made for you. And with you in this life, we can handle anything because you handle it through us. And that's what Paul said. That's what we learned today. It's our, it's our takeaway today to cling to you, put our hope in you and our trust in you. And so, Father, today, if there's anyone who needs to put their trust in you and to cling to you for the first time, I pray that they would just echo those words. I need you. Jesus, I give you my life today. I give you my heart today. I invite you into my situation today, and I trust you today. With all that I have and with all that I am, you can do all things. So I trust you. In your name I pray. Amen.